Hey, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Screaming Chewy Show. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review the podcast. And of course, enjoy the show. Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. I'd like to welcome back a special guest, author of her new book, Sage, Wendy Ann. Hey, hey, Wendy, how you doing? Hey, you. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Can't complain. <laughs> so, congrats! Congratulations on your new book. I'm so excited. I feel so vulnerable right now. <laughs> All that hard work paid off, and uh, man, you're so creative. Uh, it's um, you know, you have this uh, very uh, electric personality. I, I love it. You're very um, you know, you got that metal head in you, and uh, you, you <laughs> just you just glow this creativeness. And I, I know you love art, and all that stuff shows in in your book, even just a book cover. You know, um, my offspring helped me design the original book cover. And the publisher, they did such a phenomenal job because I said, I want this to look animated, but also look, you know, also look real. And they did such an awesome job. And I was really excited about the cover. Nice. And um, how long did it take you to, to write the book? Um, in 2009, I wrote it in six months. Um, you know, I didn't, at that time, you know, I had just gotten a house in upstate New York, Saratoga Springs area. And it was like an old Italianate Victorian on a lot of land. And we were, um, I was, you know, learning how to restore a house. Like my, we renovated the kitchen and I learned how to use an excavator and install the heating system. So I was doing all that. Plus I got a part-time job um, bartending in the Adirondack because they had live Pink Floyd. <laughs> um, nice. I, only, I only did it like once or twice a week because I thought it would be fun to be like on the other side of the bar. It would force me to get to know the locals and stuff there. So um, it was, I was also writing a book during that time. <laughs> so it wasn't exclusive to just the book that time when I spent the six months on it. It came out very fast and like very organically and very sloppily. And I drank well at that time and I um I could see myself starting to slur towards the end. So 
Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I picked it up, you know, nine year, eight and a half, nine years later. And I had, I was kind of mortified by some of the typos, but the, the outline was something beautiful that I just, I didn't want to lose. And at that time, I studied some really cool stuff and I was really into some cool stuff. But due to the situation that I was in, I spent a lot of like time driving around, a lot of time um, litigating in, in courtrooms and a lot of time like tutoring my three kids, like helping them with their homework. I didn't even do my homework as a kid. And you know how they say karma like comes like threefold? I did three times the homework that I should have been doing when I was a rebellious little crap head. Oh, um, crap. I was scared. <laughs> I never did my homework. You didn't? No. Like, what's that? <laughs> the teacher actually called my parents over for, like, a meeting, and he grabbed my backpack, and he dumped everything on the table. And it was all these... Oh, that's un- what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, all these unfilled paperwork, like, just blank sheets with no answers. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I I had in um, elementary school, I had the skeleton crew, you know, Stephen King's short stories. Nice. And I had it like in my desk and I had a little poetry book. I started carrying like little black poetry books and I would write the craziest stuff in there and hope to God nobody would see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, in third grade, and it's and I've told this story a lot because it's actually funny. I still have friends, lifelong friends who were there during that time. I wrote a story and got sent to the principal's office for it. And then I had to do two years of therapy. Holy shit. (laughs) So I don't worry though. I mean, by the end of the therapy session, they said I was perfectly sane and um, that, you know, I just, I see things unconventional and I use creative outlets as a means to, you know, to release no, that's that was all it was, and I'm glad that that is that is what it said because it's still true. And in fact, I I look at some of those things and I'm like, wow, I have not changed since seven years old. <laughs> like, oh, stay original. <laughs> well, I mean, there's certain parts that have like definitely evolved from those things, but it's kind of true for the book too. I think that's a that tangent I was um, leading to was that. And the time, the interval between when I started the book and like when I finished it, that's a heavy amount of time to, um, to learn about things. And so like when I was driving around, I would learn about Greek mythology and I would listen to Manly P. Hall lectures and TED Talks and all kinds of things. And when I was, you know, doing paperwork, I would, you know, I would multitask and you know, create a whole bunch of philosophies like pertaining to the things that like were going on in my life at that time so that I could connect with that moment and learn it. And through that evolution, by the time I got back to the book, which was like 68,000 words, what I wrote in 2009, I wow. dumped, I dumped, I edited what was there. And it was, it was actually harder to edit what was there than to, um, to just add the other 60,000 words that I added to it. And that took six months as well. So I'd say, you know, 12 months it took me entirely, you know, six months in 2009 and, you know, six months more recently. Finally finished it. 
Yeah, um, I really love writing so much and I hope that while it's out there, people enjoy it as much as I enjoy doing it, you know? Yeah, you write a lot of poems as well, huh? I um, One of the things I like to do is use GarageBand and like make some music and then write poetry and recite it and, you know, like create a video like, effect to the, um, the emotion behind the poems. That's so fucking awesome. That's, wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I've been actually thinking about uploading those one things on YouTube. I did one for 4th of July, um, and that one came out pretty epic. It's probably the only one that I've actually, like, uploaded, though. <laughs> Yeah, you should definitely upload those. I mean, I, I want to hear them. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out the 4th of July one. That one's, that one's on Facebook. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Damn. Wow, so you do a whole bunch of stuff, huh? You don't just stick to writing. I love it. Yeah, I really like to play with a lot of types of um, expression. Like right now, you know, the renovating my garage and... I turned a window using cloth into like a theater and I'm actually using nothing. I didn't have to purchase any of the art. It's all like leftover recycling art supplies. Wow. And um, yeah, you do amazing artwork. Like um, it's so creative and it's got a little bit of a little dark sense in it. Like, um, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. Um, gothic you mean yes that, that's <laughs> I what i mean you know, and i love I, that kind of stuff i can't escape it you know i um that's just really part of who i am like uh, i'll <laughs> oh, go ahead oh no please do I'll, i was just gonna say like ever since i was a kid i always loved like skulls and like spikes and fire and stuff and yes. that's what i have tattooed on me now like <laughs> <laughs> and I still draw them. <laughs> you know what it is? Is it's like I don't, and I don't think, and it's true. I, I love heavy metal, and I, I love, um, you know, so many genres that would be like I love industrial music a lot too. Nice. And, but I also like a lot of really cool stuff that you know that puts you in a good mood as well. Like I think what music for me is like either I'm relating to something or I'm trying to escape. And there are certain musicians from many genres that you, you and I have discussed that before, like mm -hmm. that they transform your mood. For sure. It's just that one song will make a whole difference, you know, in, in your day. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those songs that gave you nostalgia? Yes. It's, it's very rare, but it had, oh my God, dude, my, my I have to close my eyes because they almost like roll back. I'm like, oh yeah. It's like a yeah, shot of heroin. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I totally understand that. I think a lot of um, like artists and empaths, they absolutely would agree with that because there are times, 90s does it for me quite a bit, like 90s music. Yes, um, there's a local radio station here, KFMA, and on the weekends during the day, they'll play Revenge of the 90s. Oh my God, I fucking love that. They'll play the 90s rock or alternative rock. Oh, yeah, that's great. The Kurt Cobain puts me in a weird mood sometimes now. Like, I remember loving it when I was younger, and I'm, but it really does bring me back to some sometimes. Because I think there are certain 
like pretty hate machine um that that really takes me back to the 90s you know we're getting old because now that music i seen it they play on the no. like the old rock you know <laughs> do you know i was actually at the grocery store the other day and they were playing disturbed and i was like is this really happening <laughs> what really <laughs> I'm that serious. I was like, no, they're actually, they played one of Disturbed's slower songs, but it was still surreal to me to hear that in a grocery store in Massachusetts in a small town. I was like, what is uh, going on? <laughs> What's going on? Are we on Disturbed? What the fuck? Do you know, <laughs> the only job I ever got fired from when I was like 15 years old was a laundromat. And um, that's because it was it was right next door to a bootlegger and I had a fake ID at the time. So I'm not going to get into all of that. But when I was there, I was listening to Ride the Lightning. And, nice. Um, <laughs> and this band from Erie, Pennsylvania, they were like, hey, this is pretty awesome. I've never been in a laundromat and, and heard Ride the Lightning before. I'm like, I made friends with them and they taught me how to play spades and they used to skateboard and play hacky sack and throw little concerts and have mosh pits and we'd play Dr. Mario forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Mario, nice. Do you remember Dr. Mario? Yeah. That, damn, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we used to play, you know, video games. I actually suck on a skateboard, so I used to bring rollerblades when they used to half pipe. Oh my God! I miss mm -hmm. rollerblades. Wow. Tampa, you can rollerblade for miles. So I keep rollerblades and ice skates in my car. Well, I mean, three sixty-five. Damn! I've been rollerblading since I was a kid. I remember feeling free. Just it's going. amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Feel the wind. Uh, but one time, I fucking like I was rollerblading, and both my feet just flew in front of me, like. Whoosh. I fell on my ass and I bruised my tailbone. Oh my god, it hurt for like three days. Oh yeah, no, that's no joke. I did that on ice skates with my tailbone. Oh, ouch. It's funny because my little sister and I have both broken our tailbones. <laughs> like, oh, you doing... broke it? Oh my god. <laughs> Just doing stupid shit. But her and I are like little dukes of hazards. Our dad kind of raised us that way. <laughs> wow, childs. <laughs> Yeah, so like in my car, I drive around with ice skates in case there's an indoor ice skating ring, rollerblades, and fire fans. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need those three things. Nice. Always prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I also have that backpack, you know, the apocalypse backpack. Oh, your bug out pack? <laughs> yeah. It's my, do you have one of those? <laughs> no. Um, I thought like I bought some supplies, like a little metal like stove thing that collapses and like these little cubes that you could light on fire and you could put your canteen cup on there and i bought some like survival supplies but i never really put them in a backpack they're like fucking scattered now i don't know <laughs> you see though they're not useful like that that's the problem yeah i should have you just know? put them in the backpack like i planned but i never did i got lazy i'm like i'll do it later and i have i have gypsy bags for almost everything so I've got a I've got a backpack. The one I'm talking about is like a hiking one. You could throw a tiny laptop in it. It's got a telescope, some really weird stuff that I'm not going to mention. Um, I got a, I've got a little bit of like, <laughs> you know, I have like survival tools and things like that in there. And um, 
I have a I have a photo shoot bag that I like put together and mix a whole bunch of cool stuff together and then I use that. So like I have a bag for almost every art project that I do. That's fucking awesome, man. You're you're very well prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when artist has OCD. <laughs> the apocalypse happens and you take your bug out pack and leave and you're like, oh shit, it's my hiking bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. What what it's more like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go in the woods for the day. Leave me alone and bring my bag. <laughs> nice that that's pretty smart too you know like especially if people that know you or know that you did that like if you go missing they're like well her hiking bag's missing so probably went hiking <laughs> he watched too much csi hey for real huh? <laughs> <laughs> i see where that was going we like see she went hiking we must look i did have you ever watched murder she wrote no, I haven't. I, I heard about that. It's different when you watch it in at this time. Like I did recently, I've been trying to like watch old movies that I loved when I was a kid, and some of them they held up, and some of them I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> and Back to the Future Two was that one. <laughs> oh, you know, I recently seen the third one i think it was on netflix yes <laughs> um so what did you think i haven't seen the third one but the second one when i was a kid i was like oh man hoverboards jackets that dry you that is gonna be 2015 so it's 2020 right now and i'm i'm watching these flying cars and all these great ideas <laughs> that i thought <laughs> we're gonna have <laughs> but you know what ain't that where a fuck that one guy becomes president what was that? Uh, Back to the Future Two. Is that where that one, the bad guy, like the bully, he he goes back in Jeff. time. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Fucking Jeff. I mean, you know, I don't want. I don't want to get political, but I see some. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know the O'Douls and um, the ones that like hit the banana and go off the cliff. The bully <laughs> in the Adam Sandler movie. Yep. I get that family confused with Jif's family because the undertones are so damn similar. <laughs> or what wasn't it Mr. Deeds where in every fucking grade he's like, yeah, duels or there was one of them in every grade. Oh my or, god. Oh boy, oh rules. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they all had mullets. Yeah. I I mean like <laughs> I, I I just can't with the mullet, I honestly. <laughs> <laughs> mullet and Coors Light. Oh, no, mullet and Bush beer. Bush <laughs> beer. <laughs> you know, I seen this meme that there was this guy with a sleeveless shirt and uh, a mullet and uh, sunglasses, and I think he had a Bush beer or Coors Light, and he was driving like a Firebird or Trans Am, like the square-bodied ones, and he's like, "Fuck Uber, I'll drive you around wherever you need to go." I'll give you a six pack of beer and whatever you say, I'll say, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> oh my God. No. <laughs> I All right. So I, um, I lived in Tampa for a little while and on the outskirts of Tampa, the, the culture was like very similar to that. And, um, I made some really good friends there. I really did. I cherry picked some, some really cool people, but 
while I was there, I was, I love the Patriots. Like I was a huge football fan and I was very New England girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, like hardcore. Like I used to think a drinking fountain was a bubbler. I'd walked up to someone at the gym and I'm like, where's your bubbler? When I first moved there and they're like, what is a bubbler? So I'm like, oh, that's right. I didn't pronounce the R. So I was like, bubbler. They're like, what is a bubbler? <laughs> I'm like, you know, you drink from it. They're like a drinking fountain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're like, you damn Yankee. <laughs> so like, instead of car keys, did you say khakis? Where's my khakis? I used to. I used to. <laughs> I bon- <laughs> I've bounced back and forth so much at this point that I can pronounce all of my words, I think. I know that's subjective. I feel like you can still hear the Massachusetts in there, but not like it was. It's not, all not right. Like- <laughs> you know, I'm Mexican, and sometimes I mispronounce words, but I'll be like, fuck it, I'm Mexican. I have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was kind of um, a crappy driver when I first got my license, and I had Massachusetts plates, and I drove down to Tampa, and... I was a waitress when I was like 16 and 17 and the police officers would tell me that my driving was terrible and that the Massachusetts plates would help me get away with it because none of us know how to drive. Wow. <laughs> he was just joking. You know, but um, we are aggressive drivers up here. We honestly are. And um, when I'm down there, it's in a retirement state and it feels like everything is moving very, very slow. You're honky at him. Come on. it's great if you're looking for reprieve if you want to sit on the beach and watch the sunset like Clearwater Beach and Tampa give you something free that their storms are beautiful the moss and the parks and the trees and the um, you know the swamps and things like that in Florida are absolutely like gorgeous you can swim with manatees and what yeah I mean the south where I lived you know everywhere I've lived there's been something amazing do you know what i mean you just got to kind of look for it and in the tampa clearwater area they have a salvador dali museum and the museum is in a beautiful place and it's a beautiful museum they have great music scenes in downtown ybor city where there's like there's actually an adult arcade down there where you can like drink and drive cars and go bowling and shit it's really cool Mm mm-hmm so it's kind so, of like David Buster's kind of. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't been there, but um, what? It's, it's pretty much it, like there's a whole bunch of arcades and a restaurant, and they like like two bars. Oh no, I haven't been there, but that it is. It actually does sound like that. It does have a pizza place. It does have like bars like set within all the um the really cool stuff. I think one of the neatest things that they had was like a racing game. And they had an actual person like talking trash while people were racing each other. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there was an announcer like talking trash, like, oh, you're getting beat by a girl. And you would sit in the car and they had like the big screens in front of you and you would, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. You could feel the cars vibrating and stuff, especially, see, Ybor City was interesting. I had a fake ID when I was like 15 years old. Damn. And, uh, <laughs> Rebel. And I spent some time like in Ybor City when there were like there were um platforms which was like a disco bar and it was super fun. 
they had in the same strip too they had what i just mentioned to you as well as like this big gothic club it was like three stories it was called the castle and they had like red candles lit everywhere and neon gothic lights and it was insane like a great place to go when you're that age well not really not a safe place but really a, a unique place to experience wow and um so in florida i bet they had bomb ass seafood too huh no the seafood is the best in new england truthfully <laughs> like a New England clam chowder and lobster, Maine lobsters and things like that. Like I think the New Damn. England's got, yeah, for sure. I'm in New England now, but I remember when I went to Florida, that it's different because they have to import some of those things from up here. Oh, I see. You know, where up here they can get them fresh. So up there you have the clam chowder that doesn't make you sick. You get the, <laughs> the, the fresh <laughs> that, stuff. <laughs> That depends on who makes it. I've screwed up clam chowder a couple times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I first started, though. <laughs> but yeah, like in um, in Tampa, also they have Bush Gardens. Have you ever heard of that? Oh. So Bush Gardens is it's an amusement park, but it's also like you. There are animals there. I wouldn't call it a zoo because it's more like a sanctuary. They get a lot more space. There's like elephants and you can go on a safari and you can actually see them like roaming the land. Holy shit. That sounds mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Yeah, they have lions and all kinds of it's it's an African safari. So even the um the amusement park itself is like based in like Egypt and you know the Sahara it's just really cool it's it's an awesome idea an awesome theme and if you live there Universal Studios and um, Disney are only two and a half hours away damn that's a good spot <laughs> mm-hmm. and Clearwater Beach is only 20 minutes away that's where they do those crazy spring break videos and things what mm-hmm it was, I mean, can you imagine being there as a teenager? I went, I loved it so much. Living the life. But I love New England more. I always have. But I always fly back to Tampa for that, all of that. Damn. That's like party central. Yeah, it's pretty wild. But like Vegas and Tampa, you have to take them in small doses. You know, I don't drink anymore. And I still have to take both of those places in small doses. Oh, man, Vegas. I went in, like, 2012. I went to go see Ramstein. Awesome. Or, it might have been 2010. Because I seen them in Phoenix and in Vegas, 2010 and 2012. So it was one of those years. But I went for a weekend, right? And um, good show. But, oh, my God. Like, I didn't sleep all night. And the bus went at 3 in the morning. I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. We got there like 10 or 11 in the morning. It dropped us off right in front of the Excalibur Casino. And the room wasn't going to be ready till like 3 p.m. So I'm like, let's get a beer. And started drinking and went back to the hotel. And then um, I was going to get a high-class hooker. But (laughs) (laughs) my friend didn't want to leave the room. He's like, dude, I'm going to take a nap, dude. I'm like, fuck, well, watch TV. And I just kept drinking. Then we went to the concert, amazing concert. And I, I got so fucked up. I ended up in the in the girls' restroom, 
Like, <laughs> oh I don't know. God. I don't know how I got there. I walked in and it was nothing but stalls. And I'm like, damn, bathrooms in Vegas are weird. Is it like a <laughs> unisex bathroom or something? There's no urinals. And this lady walks in. She's like, oh, my God, you're in the wrong restroom. I'm like, I'm sorry, lady. I fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was, I, don't, I don't drink because I'm, I'm very sloppy myself. But when I went to Vegas, I went to the dispensary and had a piece of chocolate that Oh my God! Rocked my world, <clears throat> and I had it was so tasty. You know, it was like I didn't. I had the munchies to begin. I was hungry, and I ate the whole damn thing, and that was insane. Um, but wow. like, with, they make them strong nowadays. <laughs> they do. They, you know, lesson learned, though. You know, <laughs> were, you, were you like high for like six hours? It was, it was definitely too much for a lightweight like me, that's for sure. But, you know, when I go to Vegas, it's um, like the things that I like there are not... I don't gamble and I don't, and I don't drink, but I love the shows. Mm -hmm. And I love bungee jumping. And I jumped off the stratosphere the last time that I was there. What? That was awesome. Mm -hmm. God, I wish I could have done it like five times that day. It was so awesome. Oh, my God. I bet that was an adrenaline rush and a half. <laughs> it was great. I will definitely do that again. The only thing I'd ever done similar was like in Orlando, they have a thing called a sky coaster. And they pull you like 250 feet in the air and they have you facing down like a bird. And then they drop you and you free fall like a bird. And then you swing up because it's more like a swing as opposed to a... Um, just fall so you get to fall you get to descend but you also get to ascend holy shit i want to try that but i think i'm too fat <laughs> <laughs> no i don't they have them like for two people two. oh nice I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to try that i always wanted to try uh bungee jumping and uh skydiving Yes, I'm definitely. Well, I think if I did like a normal bungee jump, my spot, my back wouldn't wouldn't like it very much. But skydiving, I'm definitely. It's on my list. Damn, uh, my sister did that for her birthday. No, no, her friend's birthday, like earlier this year. And uh, I think you pay like forty bucks extra or something, and they record you and they send you the video. Oh wow! But she said it was like. I don't know, a few seconds of free falling, but of course it feels like forever. And then like, I don't know, like 10 minutes in the parachute going down, something like that. I, um, I know that mine was recorded too. Like when you jump off the stratosphere, you can get a video of that too. Damn. So I got a, I got a pretty cool video of that. Um, I'll tell you, there's only been two times in my life where I've felt terrified and I wasn't terrified jumping off the stratosphere but I was definitely terrified when my 18 year old wanted to do it really <laughs> I I never had like such I, I felt like when she was you know falling it was absolutely I couldn't say no I first of all I was doing it and second of all she's an adult so there was no saying no to her <laughs> at all she was determined to do it as well and so I'm like okay I'll go first to make sure it's safe I went first and so I watched her fall and I think I, I almost had a heart attack. I really did. Oh my god. <laughs> you had more anxiety than she did. 
<laughs> I did. She was laughing on her way down. She's such a sore. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you know, you have to remember I raised her. <laughs> Fearless. Damn. She um she's pretty awesome. Like she is an amazing artist. She's been around art her entire life. I love that. That's you know, just um passing it down, you know, and hopefully she teaches her kids about art, you know. Yeah, she she has talents that I do not possess, and I love it so much because when we're together, we team up with her strengths and my strengths to compensate for each other's artistic weaknesses. We just went different avenues with our fields. Like I love words (laughs) and um, philosophy. I'm I'm borderline obsessed with like philosophy and things like that. And she is very much into like anime and like visual art and computer mm. graphics she can paint oil on canvas awesome like her first two oil on canvases she did um a wolf with bat wings and toxic eyes and it came out amazing she did osiris the egyptian god and that her first two paintings looked professional she just has this ability that i i do i you know i can draw okay <laughs> i get myself like a c minus maybe <laughs> but <laughs> but she is absolutely ridiculous and so she makes actual comics wow mm-hmm. i think you said she drew you a uh, lady death right she redrew shira for me too damn <laughs> have you seen the new shira the new one there's actually a new Shira, and you know how Shira was kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. She had those curves. She had that short white skirt on. I thought Shira was hot. I had a thing for Shira when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a lot of like sexy, like the X Men women in their latex outfits. There's just certain things that you can't deny. Storm's pretty hot too. For sure, and uh, Rogue. Oh yeah, Rogue for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what what is her name? Um, Jean Grey. She's pretty sexy too. Yes. Yep. Even Mystique, even though she was blue or green or whatever. Yeah, because she had a perfect body, and when she turned into a, like an actual woman, she was gorgeous. The one who played her was really pretty. Yeah. Huh? But yeah, no, there are certain women that I don't know how men and women don't have crushes on them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like like Angelina Jolie, for instance. Like I think she's just universally hot. Yes, she has like this like exotic look. I don't know what it is. Um, she is awesome too. <laughs> like even like besides the the curves, you know, like the obvious. I mean, those lips, the the eyes, everything. Her face contours. Yep. Her clavicles and the length of her neck and like the shape of her body and her voice, even even her voice. Yeah, huh? she's just very <laughs> erotic. Just uh, she is. <laughs> she knows how to work it. <laughs> and you know, you have to be smart to do some of the things she does overseas. Some of the things that she writes, and she's not just an actress; she's actually a writer too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has her pilot's license. She's actually pretty badass, honestly. Like, she's the perfect woman for me. <laughs> Damn, she has her pilot's license. Imagine you got to escape. 
and you're like, fuck, who's gonna who's gonna pilot the <laughs> helicopter? She's like, I got this. What? It's my wifey over here. For real. <laughs> like, um, but Shira was sexy like that when when we were younger too, and they remade her, and they kind of made her look like a thirteen. You have to see it. And I was what? very disappointed. I was they took disappointed. The away. They took. They didn't take. They made no curves on the next one. Weird. They. I mean, I don't. It looked two D too. The, I mean, the story was okay, but the graphics were horrific, and I was like upset, and I was complaining to her about it. I'm like, man, I can't. She made me a new Shira. I woke up in the morning, and she had a notepad. She left it in our Zen den, where her and I have collaborated on a room. And it had a picture of She-Ra in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Badass. She's like, here you go, mom. <laughs> I fixed it for you. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's definitely something else. She plays guitar and piano. Damn. I, I tried learning guitar, and I couldn't. Like, it's fucking hard. <laughs> and then piano, I can't even imagine how you got to do two different things with each hand or, like, yeah. That's some talent. She also um, has her culinary arts degree, too. Damn. <laughs> she cooked some bomb-ass stuff for you? Oh, well, this in our house, um, you know, my best friend, he's been a manager of a restaurant for a long time. And he's, you know, we, we moved out together when we were 16 and we started in restaurant industry and um, learned so many Austin types of food. We worked at restaurants where we liked the food. <laughs> so, you know, um, when you move out at 16, one of the most expensive things is honestly food. Oh, shit, huh? I didn't think about that. You're right. Mm -hmm. So it was beneficial on a, um, on a financial level. And it was also great because we got to work with all kinds of people and it helped us with like our finances, our people skills, our cooking skills. We pretty much just went in there for like home mech and financial training when we were 16 to, you know, till he became a manager and I, you know, became other things. <laughs> like, nice. I, I, you know, I've got a bartending license and I've cooked and waitressed and managed and had shops, all kinds of crazy things. I even like, you know, running heavy machinery every now and then. What? Damn. Like, just like bobcats and like excavators and things. What like. the fuck? That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Not that, like, I know it sounds sexist. That don't make you sound like that. It's just, <laughs> wow. I can't picture you driving one of those big things. That's fucking awesome, though. It's You're like the jack of all trades, you know, just doing everything. I'm going to like send you a video of that. I was making Karen rocks this time last year. Karen rock stacks with it. That's crazy. Like big huge ones. I know it, it's. I used a little excavator for a while, and then finally, you know, I've been eyeballing that big one for like for, forever. And you know, like and we had, we had a we had a construction site, and I'm a little gymnast, so like I got I rode the crane up into the air, like 50 feet into the air. That was a lot of fun. Um. But mostly, besides playing on the equipment, I really, I really like using it too. Wow! And um, you know, for everybody listening, why I'm so surprised, you know, her driving a bobcat. I mean, you're you're beautiful. You're very pretty, 
you're like a supermodel and, and i just picture you driving a big old bomb catter <laughs> like i'm like what the fuck? <laughs> it's, wake wake up glue a mannequin head to the wall go use the bobcat with some coffee come home <laughs> <laughs> write a book yeah i get it i'm that's weird. fucking awesome though <laughs> that's good yeah i um if if you have something around you and it seems cool. Like, I played with Tonka trucks when I was a little kid, too. Do you remember those things? Micro machines, like Tonka trucks? Yo, those big old, like, dirt loaders, the land movers or something? Mm-hmm. I had those in a little sandbox, and I used to play with those. So when I saw the real ones, there was absolutely no way I wasn't going to play with them. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I always wanted to. I mean, they they look fun. I always wanted to drive one of those. I think they I probably, are like, fun. I think I'd fuck shit up though, just pressing levers and go through a wall or something. Yeah, I screwed up a couple times. You know, when I first when I first started <laughs> up, <laughs> I may or may not have hit a barn door with the bobcat, but. <laughs> and you know, I I definitely screwed up a couple of chains, so on on some of them, but. In the end, I, I ended up pretty good at them pretty fast because I, when you enjoy something, you know, you can get good at it fast. Man, I would, I would hate for you to be like, um, you know, I feel bad if like there's a guy dating you and he fucks you over and you get mad. Bring that big old fucking machinery, like tear his house down or something. <laughs> That's what I would do anyway. <laughs> you know, when I get, when I break up with somebody, I, you know, and I, I do tend to stay in my relationships for a very long time. My um, last one was 10 years, and then there was an eight-year one. Two, I, I really do end up in relationships for quite a while. Um, That's good. You're in for the long haul. Well, not really, because I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm not with any of them long-term relationships, right? Um I have, I do have a, have a boyfriend, but this is, it's, it's a new thing. So, um, but the rest of them, actually, I've known him for fifteen years. Wow. Yeah, I, um, my friends and and things like that, I like to have them a few for a long time, as opposed to like a lot of them for a little time. You know, it's funny you talk about that. Um. You know, on Facebook, you'll take these, like, little personality tests or whatever the fuck. And I took one, and it said that I was a horse. It said, <laughs> it said that I like to be wild and free. But once I find a small group that I like, I stay with it. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Because I'm not, like, I've always been afraid of, like, commitment. Like, I don't like people telling me what to do. But, like, when I find people I like, they really like, I stick with them. And, you know, like like I was telling you earlier, I have, like, five best friends that I've known for, like, 20 years. And, mm -hmm. like, you know, they're, like, my brothers, basically. But everybody else, you know, I have friends or acquaintances, but I, I know these guys. Like, if I'm, like, yo, dude, I'm, like, stuck in Mexico. I need you to pick me up. They'll be, like, <laughs> all right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have those, too, the – um. And the, I don't know if this is the same for you as it is for me, but with my best friends, I'm also interlinked with their families. Yeah. Like their moms and dads kind of take you in. And they become like extra parents. Has that happened to you? Yep. Even their cousins know you. Like, you know, 
they they come back like ten years later to visit, and you're like, oh hey, you're still friends with that. <laughs> oh, like weddings and um, funerals with with friends who are like from different cultures can be kind of nerve wracking, but awesome at the same time. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy because my my five best friends. So one of them. Um, his dad passed away like eight years ago and that was rough and we were all there for him. And then like five years ago, another one of our best friends in the circle, his dad passed away in the same group. We were all there for him at his funeral. And then another friend, like three years ago, his mom and dad passed away within three months and same thing, the same group. We were all there fucking, you know, all these years later, we're still there for each other, you know? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, when my friend Lon, um, her mother passed away, and I loved her mother like the, I, from seven until a few years ago. She was just an she's just an awesome family altogether. She is one of the most amazing friends that I have, and I'm like very proud of her as a human being because I've I've watched her just ace everything her entire life. It's 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 a crazy spectacle to witness, you know, her getting good grades, her meeting the love of her life in high school and actually keeping him until now. <laughs> and um, you know, having two boys and two girls and a beautiful home and you know, manages a business and, and employs some of her family and some of her friends. She's just, you know, really a good provider for everybody you know she provides honesty and she's sharp as a whip and i'm very like i'm infatuated with how good she is at everything all the time she's an inspiration (laughs) she she honestly is um she's one of one of my friends who like have always like kind of kept me in awe with her ability to we used to actually you know argue I, I I mean we we did a lot of really fun stuff together because she's wicked smart and but she's also a lot of fun. Most smart people aren't. Um, you know, I'm not fun. gonna say most. Well, <laughs> no, I think smart people are the like awesome to talk to because you can learn from them and they're usually very humble about what they know because smart people are smart enough to realize that no matter how smart you are, you don't know shit in the grand scheme of things. You're always learning. Yep. Right. I think when like a smart person is like cocky about their intelligence, I don't, I think that's indicative of them not being very smart. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they're overcompensating. Yeah. Or they're overconfident. I'll tell you what, the minute I get cocky about something, the universe bitch smacks me every time. Like every time. <laughs> I, I think that's the problem with today's society. I, there's too many people that aren't so smart and think they're geniuses. And I, I seen a lot of that and they put other people down, you know, like if mm-hmm. they'll argue with you and if you don't believe, if you don't agree what they say, they'll act like you're just too stupid to understand. But you're like, no, I understand. I just don't agree. You know? Exactly. No, you're right about that. That happens an awful lot. Like there are certain things that I think are tied together and they shouldn't be like disagreement doesn't mean that you're less competent because competence is subjective anyway Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm smart i know how much dumb shit i do you know i do a lot of really stupid things on a daily you know how many times i lose my phone a day (laughs) a really smart person doesn't find their phone in the fridge okay (laughs) in the fridge (laughs) 
Yeah, I heard it makes makes the battery <laughs> last longer. <laughs> <laughs> like I do I do stupid things. So when people are like, Wow, Wendy's really smart, I'm like, Wow, you set the bar really low. Hey, did you ever like do you ever like talk to yourself? Like not like a full blown conversation. Um, like like for example, like I talk to myself sometimes, but it's always like in a negative way. Like if I fuck up, I'll be like fucking idiot. Like I have oh. a bad habit of doing that. You know what? I I do do that actually. <laughs> um, you know, I'm more like what the fuck. Like, or are you ki- are you kidding me? Happens an awful lot. <laughs> I mean, like I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, who are you talking to, Wendy? <laughs> you. <laughs> like, did you did you really do that? Like. But I also do affirmations. You know what those are, right? Uh, that sounds familiar. So sometimes during the day, like, if things are starting to go wrong, I'll be like, everything happening now is happening for my greater good. Nice. Take deep, breath, take deep breaths and just be like, it's going to be okay. Because really, shit is crazy out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart for you to do that. I think more people need to do that. Just reassure, mm-hmm. like, hey... You know, the the way I tell people is like, you know, whatever you believe in, I, I you know, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but I believe that, you know, there's a, the universe and it, something's happened for a reason. So like whatever's going on, you know, just fucking relax and just go through it. I mean, something's going to happen, but sometimes you have no control over it and it's hard not to stress about it but if you have no control of it you know just sometimes you just got to chill and see where it goes that is it's that's an awesome point and like a lot of that sentiment is what inspired some of like my writing then <clears throat> like the main character you know i start off with a really wild prologue in first chapter <laughs> like nice. um i know like you know when you when you first start reading a book it's mostly about like the character building and things like that and so i you know had her incarnate on the prologue and so it gives you a lot of like spiritual references dreams that i've had that led to the spiritual references in a really small concise manner as she wakes up and there's a metaphor pertaining to childbirth even though she opens her eyes as you know as a full-grown woman but she right away I put an explicit scene in there because I'm like you know what first of all it it awakens your dopamine (laughs) it um stimulates the kundalini and your first chakra and it's the beginning of the book so let's 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 put the sex let's put the sex in there right away so that the prudes don't you know those two towers, like a never-ending story, that like shoot you with their eyes. That sex scene is there for the prudes that are not gonna be able to handle the rest of the content in the book. It, uh, <laughs> we- it weeds out the weak, right? <laughs> right away, I'm like, oh no, I would never do something like that. You liar! You have kids. You do stuff like that. <laughs> and you know what? Your, pa- your parents did too. I bet. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a very good point. And that's that's something not a lot of people like to talk about too, you know, but I love that you're open about that. You're like, you do it too, don't lie. I mean, how would we survive as a civilization if it wasn't happening unless we had test tubes everywhere? Let's be real. You know, and mm-hmm. it, the, the fact is too, is like I, the idea is to bring you from, you know, sex to love, like from, you know, 
working your way up your chakras and things like that. But while she's like on that journey, she talks about how she, you know, she's very sensitive. She's an empath and she has an inner monologue. That's kind of like the style of like a 1940s movie. And she curates life from the idea of, I mean, from the perspective of like an artist, a businesswoman, a mother, and an empath, somebody who's really sensitive and, and, you know, vibrates at like a higher frequency and receives energies that, you know, sometimes feel crippling. So she, she actually experiences that. And so while the reader's like living vicariously through her, if they can get past that scene in the, in the very beginning, <laughs> it's, it's, it's only a few paragraphs, but it's, it's still there. Um, once you, <laughs> she, she definitely talks about that, that vulnerability, you know, the paradox, trying to find the silver lining in, in all of that, like trying to balance mundane hedonic treadmill life with her spiritual thirst and her like deep curiosities that kind of stray her from her priorities into the esoteric. So she has like a huge awakening Yes, absolutely. Um, as you like progress through the story, um, you start to, it, it starts to deepen. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, it's from sex to love, like from working your way up to your mind and working your way to an, a point of ascension. But once you get to the end of the book, that's where, you know, she takes places and I use platforms to teach people about the continuity of religions, about the way bureaucracy leaks into our lives. Um, nice. certain, certain things that help empaths like binaural beats and um, certain herbs and what the goddesses actually meant in certain regards. And I took the Akashic records and I integrated the concept with the, um, the uh, Garden of Eden wow so you you know there's a lot of truth in there a lot of knowledge in your book i love it what's up everybody this is your boy ken aka mr gentleman i'm mr gentleman like the podcast you are now listening to the screaming chew show Chew. yeah that was great about the break that you know after I put it down writing it for six months and putting it down for as long as I did is I didn't stop being interested in those things I only learned more so like when I picked it back up I'm like it's a fiction sure I mean I embellished in a lot of ways but I also think that the things that I put in there pertaining to those things you know particularly like mythologies and stuff like that I think they're embellished in a lot of ways as well like how you were mentioning uh, Greek mythology and then uh, Egyptian uh, mythology as well, right? Oh, definitely. Um, so while she's in her 21st century form as sage, she's kind of like one of us, like people who um, use creative outlets as a means to deal with their emotions. And I know I'm definitely one of those emotional basket cases sometimes. Um, she's, she is too. She has the dream. She's nocturnal. She has a lot of the traits that I feel artists have in common with one another. I wanted to put that there for, for 
those <laughs> those nocturnal readers who love Lovecraft and Bram Stoker's and you know, making music and writing lyrics and sitting out on the grass and grounding and like looking at the moon, like the kind that appreciate like sunsets and jumping off stuff. Like we were just talking about like those people, it's for, it's for them. But once she is rendered unconscious and I'm not going to tell you what leads to that, she, and en- it ends up like a third party perspective 5,000 years sooner Whoa. in Egypt. So like once she's, I mean, in her past life, a completely different person, um, you know, she's, she's Egyptian as opposed to, you know, the American that, that she is. And I used, oh. I used that Egyptian platform to, to really bring alive some of like my favorite parts of the Egyptian mythologies. Yeah. My, you know, Good stuff. Yeah, and I put eight things, eight religions in her. Like, she has the grace from Mother Mary. You know, she has the the sensuality and the curly hair and the hypnotic eyes like Medusa. Like, just, like, certain things of, like, certain mythologies. Um, There's a little bit of Ma Durga. I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. I, <laughs> I Malkali, Hathor, Isis. She's got a little bit of each, and I throw little innuendos in there pertaining to all of them. So, so that explains the book cover. That's why there's two people on there, right? So it's her and then her past Egyptian self. Yes. And if you look at the cover, too, there's actually symbols hidden there as well. The symbol that's on the book that she has in her hand is a sacred geometry symbol called the Sacred Flower of Life. Holy that, shit. That is one of, to me, one of the most beautiful symbols in the world. They were allegedly found on Mesopotamian clay tablets on, like on. And so, and it's also something that, you know, is used to describe metaphysics in some ways. So anyway, that, that symbol in itself is really profound. She's wearing a lioness belt, you might notice. Wow, um, and uh, that that um, where you're seeing the symbol of a, was it ge- sacred geometry? Um, mm-hmm. I, you know that that kind of stuff. How you were saying that um, it, it applies to like um, you know, like quantum physics kind of stuff, and like oh yes, stru- <laughs> I put that in there too. <laughs> like what was it called? Like the golden golden symmetry or golden pattern, but pretty much like a Everything like molecules or um, everything that's built, um, there's certain numbers that everything has in common. Like, you know, we have, um, you know, it goes, we have like four limbs, you know, which is two arms, two legs. And like, but like a lot of those numbers apply to flowers as well. Like certain mm-hmm. petals are certain numbers and they have all these common numbers. They're molecules. And and pattern sequences too, like the Fibonacci sequence, you know, there are like so many sequences in there. And there's also, you know, a lot of things like pertaining to the way that energy works. Like if you think about circles, that's a feminine energy, round, curvy, etc. And then the points that they use, like in Metatron, that would be the masculine parts of it. So they they have like, they embody like so many energies. Do you know what I mean? Because energy in itself, like, 
is, you know, laws of vibration, basically. Yep, frequencies and vibrations. Mm hmm. I really wow. believe in that. So I do talk about that stuff. In fact, you know, I talk about a lot of, of things that I feel like need, need to be said. There's some political innuendos in there, lots of political innuendos, but I don't, you know, the, the heavy content really is about like a, a romance and her, her going back and forth between this, this ancient energy and, and who, she, who she is. So it's it's pretty awesome. I think the idea is pretty cool. I you know it's out there now. So I guess we'll see if um <laughs> I guess we'll see if people actually enjoy it. That's it would be great if they do because I love oh, writers. Yeah. I, I love you know like you just mentioned some very deep stuff, and for those listening, if you don't know what that is, look it up, man. I mean. And look up this book. You will be blown away. <laughs> I mean, that that's... I, I love how you did that, how you put all that in there. Thank you. You know, it's, I'm a poet. I'm not really a novelist. So, like, it, it was really hard for me to lay off the metaphors. <laughs> like, you know, when you're writing poetry, you just lay it in there thick. You know, it's a consolidated pile of, like, innuendos and metaphors. So to, to not, I had to water it down quite a bit because I couldn't like avoid putting poetry in there. I just, I had a really hard time separating those two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that, you know, but hey, it's what you love, you know? Yeah, poetry is definitely my first love. <laughs> I wish that we lived in a world that like would look at Leonard Cohen the way that I do like that would you know read the wilderness that Jim Jim Morrison did and and love it the way that I do but I don't think I don't think poetry is as, as mainstream as as most of the other mediums which is sad to me that's very true and a lot of people think poetry and they just think of what they see in the movies or you know they don't realize they could take many forms mm-hmm you know, oh, mine, it's art. Mine, my, uh, my brother-in-law thought of it as, you know, like love stories or, or sappy sadness, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I definitely do that. But, <laughs> and I, I can get pretty gothic with some of my poetry too, but I'm, I'm a little more conscious that of, of what I write about, like, because I do think that you kind of manifest in, in your craft. And so, um, I'm a little superstitious about going too dark with my poetry at this stage in my life. I definitely recognize the dark for what it is and, and mirror it. Like, like when you, when you were mentioning how you liked heavy metal, I think the reason I like it is because it mirrors things that people look away, that they turn their head away from, you know, the complacency. Wow. That's a very good explanation. I, I, I love the way, the way you described it. That's very they're true. Like, they're like screaming at you with passion. Listen to what the fuck is going on right now. And people are like, oh, that's vulgar. Turn away. And I'm like, no, have your metal's amazing. Listen to this. <laughs> like uh, system over down, uh, people that are not into metal or, you know, people screaming or heavy guitar distortion. But I'm like, look. System of Down, yeah, they're fucking crazy and they're wild. 
but listen to their lyrics or read their lyrics. They're mm-hmm. fucking so many messages in there. Some deep shit. They're they're trying to deliver a message, and unfortunately, a lot of people won't get it because they just hear screaming and they're like, "Ah, eh, turn it off." You know who's been doing that a lot lately? That I think sounds awesome, and it's not even metal. It's Eminem. <laughs> he's changed, and he's yeah, he's definitely talking about him like. That, that song, Darkness, you seen about that Vegas killer? He, he went crazy on um, that kill shot, too. Have you, did you hear that? That was insane. Oh, was that, that was the Machine Gun Kelly diss track, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Oh, oh he, he fucked. <laughs> yes. He, oh, my God. He, he really did tear him up. But he asked for it. He really, he really did. I think Machine Gun Kelly is actually pretty good. I'm like... But not Eminem good. Like I would, I, I would never, I would never, I would never fucking do that. No way. <laughs> Eminem fucked him up. But he was saying like, "Why are you trying to be like me and shit like that?" Like <laughs> he, that whole thing. I'd rather be fucking eighty-five year old me than twenty-five year old you. You know, I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I sold more albums in your city, little kitty." Oh, he just. <laughs> like, well, I, <laughs> he said, "Uh." My my worst sales are your best or some shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I got the age number mixed up like I did that Mortal Kombat thing the last time. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> he's, the thing about Eminem, though, is like, and I feel like um, not just Eminem, there are a few artists out there. Hobson. Yes. Oh, I like his, uh, his songs, Ill Mind. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, that one's great. It's true, too. I think number ill mind um, was in number eight when he's talking about God. Like I, that song gave me the chills. It's what you know how we were talking oh, when about. When he was your, in the desert, you mean? Yes, that one. Oh, oh yeah, uh, that was. He's got so much passion. <laughs> um, I used to be atheist, but I'm agnostic now. And when I was atheist, like it when I heard that song, all those thoughts, they, all that shit he was saying, those were my thoughts. I'm like, oh my god! Like I related so much to that song; it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that when, um, you know, looking for beautiful, brainless bitches to bone, I, that was really something. <laughs> like I'm just I, like, you know what? It's 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 true though. Like there's wilding in the club. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. I think DMX of all rappers has the coolest voice. What? <laughs> yes. I love DMX's voice and I love the lyrics of like Hobson, Tech Nine, um, Eminem. There's, um, it's poetry. I don't care what anyone says. And they're it's, very it's, smart in, individuals too. I think that's also another part of thing. Mm hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I know you're right there. You have to be smart to have a wit that fast. And and you know they and they don't just rap about like bling and all this shit. I mean Eminem used to, but you know now they they rap about real shit. You know how you were saying about Hobson, how he was talking shit about the younger generations, you know females that they think they're gonna find Mister Right, but they find a loser at the club. And mm-hmm. get pregnant by them, or like you know the fucking dudes trying to be like their rappers that they idolize, but they're just going broke doing that, trying to impress people, you know. Yeah, well, when you when you talk about system of the down, and and you mentioned like Hobson, you realize that they're two genres, but they're they're doing kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Very true. 
And so like, that's, an, that's another thing too, that like, that my friends and I realize because we're such a weird eclectic group of people. We don't look like we belong together when we're sitting in a room. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like last week I had five of my tribe members over and they were, I call them my brothers. One of them is like a long haired metal hippie from like the urban inner city. One of them is he's an awesome dad, but he's also into computer graphics and he does like rap and he's an awesome rapper. Um, he's really tall, black, obviously. He is talented because I wouldn't even be mentioning his music like <laughs> if it wasn't. Um, my gay Italian, <laughs> half Native American, half Italian, short, best friend. All of us are hanging out together like it's like no thing, you know? What kinds of misfits hanging out? But I mean, we don't even think about that that difference. But that's well, if you think about Hobson and you think about System of the Down, uh, Ty Sean got me into Hobson, and I've watched System of the Down with Justin. Like we we've actually seen Slipknot together. We went to Ebor. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> like um, Bart. You know, I took him to his first mosh pit when he was like fifteen. <laughs> Damn, I always wanted to see system. I mean, um, Slipknot. Well, System too, but I got more chance of seeing Slipknot. <laughs> so, what's the best concert you've seen? I gotta say, uh, Ramstein. It was fucking unbelievably like. So they have a lot of fire. Uh, they put on a huge show and lasers and stuff, but it goes perfect with the music. Um. You know, I, I've been to plenty of concerts, but this one, like, Ramstein tops it. You know, like, they, they made a song called uh, Mind Tile. It means my part. And it's about this dude in Germany. He was a cannibal, and he was gay, and he ate somebody. Like, he ate the guy's dick. So they sang about that. And so the lead singer dresses like a cook, and he's all bloody. And the microphone has a knife. And uh, another band member, there's this giant pot, and they put him in there. And he gets a flamethrower and he starts throwing flames at him, like under the pot, <laughs> like he's cooking them. Wow, <laughs> that's wild. And they put on these masks for this song called Fire Fry. Um, it's called, it means fire at will. And they put these masks and when they would scream, it would shoot out like 20 feet of flames. And um, But they would put on a hell of a show, a lot of props, a lot of fire. and a, Pretty cool. Wow. You know, I think that makes that actually makes me think of gore. I haven't been to a gore concert, regret, regretfully too, because my friends they go to a gore concert and they come back in fake blood, and that looks awesome. Those guys are fucking <laughs> crazy, man. You know, the lead singer died a couple years ago or a few years ago. No way! I didn't yeah, know that. The 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 new lead singer is a chick now. Oh and, wow, that's awesome. And uh, but you know, she still dresses up like they do all crazy. And uh, but when the original lead singer passed away, they gave him a real Viking funeral. <laughs> they put him in a oh, little wow. wooden boat, lit it on fire, and just let serious? the water take him. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. I, I want a Viking funeral when I die, man. That's cool. <laughs> I have, so, you know, I have so it's it's really morbid, but I've come up with so many different plans for my funerals. I've had the songs picked out since I was like 13. <laughs> My friends and I all decided we'd pick out a song. <laughs> you know, I've done that before and I got all sad. <laughs> did you actually pick a song? Yo. What did you pick? So originally I thought it'd be funny if they play another one bites the dust. 
Oh my um, <laughs> god! <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but I really like that song. Um, by uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, it, it is, the song is called "The Passenger." By uh, fuck, I just had it. I lost it. But he's he's a punk guy. Um, oh, you're gonna have a punk song played at your funeral? That's <laughs> that's, that's pretty savage. I mean, I picked Pink Floyd, Hey You, because I was picturing, like, you know, can you imagine, like, standing next to a casket, and it's like, Hey You. Oh, that song's amazing. <laughs> out hey there in the you. cold. Yeah, it's, like, such a, like, it's creepy, though, isn't it? Like, Hey You, out there in the cold, getting lonely, getting old. Can you hear me? Like, can you imagine? It's very deep. <laughs> and then the, the beat, too, the bow, wow, wow, wow. Oh, I love that. Exactly. I want people to feel that feeling. When they're looking at me, wow, damn, <laughs> it's pretty bad out there uh, in the cold. Oh, oh, as the worms ate into his brain, like you know, like it just—it's a real statement because together we stand, divided we fall, you know, and that's the last part. That's the most important part of the song. I want people to remember, like this divide in this world has always kind of driven me crazy, and. I want the last words when I pass away to say that divided we stand. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's wow. That's a good choice. And then how he says, uh, it was only a fantasy. Like your Absolutely. life was just. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of it too. The whole song is part of it. So that, but anyway, the best concert that I went to was global gathering Miami it was um, Nine Inch Nails, nice. Rob, Z- Rob Zombie, Lacuna Coil, um, a couple of other like awesome bands. But I was mostly there for those three. <laughs> uh, Rob Zombie, I went to his concert, and I swear, dude, he was like right in front of me. I could have touched him because um, on the stage, a guitar started doing a solo, and the stage mm-hmm. went dark, and they just had the spotlight on the guitar guy. And then the lights come back on, and he's, like, in the row in front of me, like, right there. I'm like, what the fuck? So I got my phone and recorded him, and people are like, oh, my God. And then the lights went dark, and he fucking took off. But uh, I later that night, I, I put the SD card in my computer to see the video, you know, on my computer. And then um, I, I didn't realize that some chick was flashing her tits right next to him, and I didn't even notice I, I was like, Rob Zombie. Like, I didn't even see tits until I yeah. got home and, and saw the video. <laughs> I mean, though, really, I think that the more significant part was Rob Zombie, right? Oh, yeah. Unless unless they were Sherry Moon's tits. Who cares? Oh, Rob Zombie's wife is awesome. <laughs> She's so hot. I always had a crush on her. Me, too. <laughs> she seems like she's cool as fuck, too. Yeah, she seems like down to earth and she's got like a wonderful eccentric weirdness about her that I like. Yes, and a little bit of evilness like that she plays in the movies. But it's it's it actually she's like a vegan and an animal activist and stuff in real life. So oh, she's damn. Like, she's like wonderfully creepy, but then, you know, she's also wonderful. So I I really dig her. She's great. And they've been together a long time, huh? Yeah, they have. Good for them cuz that is not common in that industry right being a rock star psh, for good luck mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's, it takes a lot, you know, I've, I've met a lot of um, awesome musicians in my life, but I'm like, nope, <laughs> I'm not getting involved. It, you know, actually I'm with a musician right now, so I can't say anything, but until this point, I was, I was like, no, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it's like, they get so many women throwing themselves at them, even like mother daughter combos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they honestly do, especially if they're good looking. Mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't even matter they could be at like a nightclub and singing the jazz or the blues and you know some drunk old lady's gonna go home with him he's gonna make eye contact with her and be like this song's about you baby right <laughs> point at her while, he, while he's singing boom he's got her yeah you're done you're mine <laughs> I, I can't sing <laughs> I, I, I think I my voice is nice when I sing but I have no range so it's like boring. It would, you know, how there's those musicians where every song sounds the same. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be me if I tried that crap. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny you say that. There was this video they were making fun of Disturbed, and uh, they they called it. I think it's it's called Disturbed's greatest hit, and they were saying that all of his songs they replaced it with the lyrics "menomena." Oh and my so god! So he was like. <laughs> oh my god that was pretty good man <laughs> or, or he'd be like See, the first time i heard disturbed was live i was at ozfest 2000 nice ozfest mm-hmm. fuck i always wanted to go to one of those mm-hmm. i was a teenager and i was 18 i went to ozfest 2000 and that was they had pantera I mean, like it was—it was actually a great. They had Kitty there, um, and Disturbed for my first time. They had two separate stages, and um, you know, I was standing around when you know he came out in a straight jacket. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I actually thought it was pretty cool, and and my offspring really does dig Disturbed quite a bit too. They put on a good show too. I seen them with the uh, A7X. Hmm, I haven't seen them. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, but yeah, oh, you fucking, uh, I just randomly remembered the fucking artist for the song for my funeral song. It's Iggy oh. Pop. Iggy Pop? Okay. The All Passenger. Right, it just fucking ran, you know randomly popped up. <laughs> Are you fully committed to that song? I don't know. I'm afraid of commitment. Oh, because you have you have changed your mind twice, right? Yup, I did. I, I even... picked mine at 13, and I stuck to it. Damn, that's commitment right there. Holy shit! It's perfection, though. It honestly is. That is a good. That's a good choice. That damn. You can borrow it if you want to. I mean, you can make a playlist. <laughs> a, a fucking a Spotify my funeral <laughs> playlist i have so many youtube playlists it's ridiculous i have one playlist that has like 1200 songs on it and it's as bipolar as you could ever imagine and i hit the shuffle button oh that's the best you do that too <laughs> yo it'll, it'll be like rap mm-hmm. rock whatever you know yep. techno i even like mm-hmm. uh this lady she got me into um fuck was it called dark industrial music oh yeah dark ambient music 
it's fucking i like it while i'm like doing stuff it it sounds like the background music to a horror movie (laughs) yeah it's a lot of caffeine vibe yeah Mm -hmm. there's certain music to listen to at night and then there's certain music to like put on and it should be put on like when you first wake up when you know when you don't want to get out of bed yep that's me every day (laughs) the the first thing i say when i wake up i'm like fuck five more minutes yep oh i'm so bad (laughs) with that and then but like once i'm up and i shower i'm up like i ain't going back to bed but that's the worst part getting out of bed (laughs) I'm for the first hour. I'm not myself. I honestly, it takes me a lot. It's like a machine that takes a long time to boot up. <laughs> <clears throat> My roommate just, he knows to just be really quiet and look at me and laugh at me for the first hour and leave me alone. <laughs> like, And then I'm normal. Like after I get my caffeine and, and do what I have to do, like, I'm like, hi, how's it going? But boy, that first hour, just you know, it's not mess with me. me. <laughs> no, just you know what's not even about messing with me. Just like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty savage when you put it that way, though. <laughs> it's just how friends are, especially if you've known them for a long time. Your best friends, you gotta mm-hmm. mess with each other. It's just daily routine. <laughs> if we like integrated all the years we lived together, it's over fifteen. And we kind of tailored our schedule so that we can spend a lot of time together because he's really awesome. Like nice. we, we, we like to read like the same books and, you know, do a lot of the same things. And so we would, you know, there was a point where him and I, when we were like 18, we, we worked two jobs. So, but we still, we still had time to like, you know, climb on the roof and use our samurai swords and pick oranges <laughs> off the orange tree. <laughs> you know? Um, swim in the canal and you know do art on the walls and the sidewalk chalk or like you know chill with some tea and read an Anne Rice book together but that's the kind of the kind of stuff him and I got into when I became a mom you know that's that's living life I mean uh, you're doing what you love to do and that's what everybody should do I think a lot of people they they have these ideas of what they want to do but they never get to it Mm-hmm. Even if it's simple things like going to your roof and play with a samurai sword, like you were saying. <laughs> or go play out in Hurricane Ivan, you know, like jump off the table with your bathrobes and see if the wind will pick you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that may that may or may not happen. And then we had a we had somebody who was actually building a house across the canal and it was gonna block our sunset view. <laughs> and so um I used to do weird things to like annoy them. <laughs> construction markers <laughs> going on the bobcat <laughs> no not not that that time because i was i had no idea how to even use a lawnmower then in fact i got my lawnmower stuck into the fence because i didn't know to let go of that button that pulls it for you <laughs> now we're, we're talking like 18 you know what i mean <laughs> so we're, we're still kind of newbies um we had weeds instead of grass and, but our lawn looked better than anybody else's lawn because weeds grow in nice and full. But they had these little sand spurs on them. So if you tried walking barefoot, your your feet would just get torn up. Oh, Bart- fuck. <laughs> My front yard has some of those little spike balls. Yes. I fucking hate those, man. They, then they get stuck on the bottom of your shoe and you bring them inside. <laughs> well, but he, he and I put round stepping stones. 
and we knew to, to use them because nice. we were we were we were barefoot like all of the time and we we had little booby traps in our house like we <laughs> in our garage at that at that particular place on the water we had like an adult playroom we had a card table a punching bag snacks all kinds of stuff and i had booby traps in that room too like i glued quarters to the floor and people would drink and try to pick them up <laughs> <laughs> yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah so him and i did stuff like that for fun but um that was that was then we would actually sometimes go into that garage and not necessarily debate but start speaking and our friends would bring over drinks and food just to listen to us talk entertainment <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so but any anyway i think we've been on for like ever huh yeah <laughs> This is a long podcast. <laughs> hey, um, so tell me about your book and where people could find it, you know, websites. So. Um, so roguepoet.net has, you know, it has a link to the websites as well as um, the books. You can find them on Barnes & Noble and Amazon as well. Kindle will be coming out in a couple of weeks and then a couple of weeks following that I'm going to have an audio book. I'm really excited about that part. Nice. It was amazing to listen. She, first of all, she has like a gorgeous voice. She's, you know, perfect for the job, but she really animated the character. She brought her to life in, in a way that even more so than I would have like if I were to read it out loud. So I was very excited to listen to the rough draft of that. And I cannot wait for the finished product. And I, I honestly, you know, I can handle if people, if people don't like it. But if a few people do and they actually connect with it and they feel like it awakens them, then that makes me feel good anyway. You know what I mean? Yep. Because there are people out there that are like-minded and they're going to find certain new windows to their liking. And uh, especially that knowledge, knowledge you drop in there. And uh, wow, that's all that stuff you mentioned. I, I love that kind of stuff. It's just so interesting. And it's just so much of it. You know, you could apply it to everyday life. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. I love the... the embodying like well, where she's like wearing on the cover too um the lioness belt because that is you know they're a mesopotamian earth goddesses and archangel ariel which is represented by the lion and if you if you do look snakes and and lions are and owls for that matter you see them around a lot of feminine earth goddesses oh that's interesting lions huh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Weren't they like the protectors or something? Yeah, they are. I'm in fact what's really neat is my my family crest, the Kelly crest from um Ireland, has two lions ripping a chain from when allegedly, you know, they were freed from their castle. And this, I, I'm just absolutely in love with lions. I, I kind of always have been, but Lions led me to, you know, griffins and, you know, goddesses. You know what I mean? Like, they have so, you know. I actually wanted to get a griffin tattoo, but like a big one. Because, well, I'm a Leo, but I don't want to get just like a lion. I want to get a griffin because it's the king of the sky and the king of the land, you know, all together. 
you know, I have um, an antique griffin in my bedroom with my my dog's ashes, my urn, my dog's urn. That's my dog, fucking cool. My dog's name, he was a Rottweiler. He was the smartest, most amazing dog I've ever known. And um, I, I named him Zeus. So I thought it would be appropriate to put Zeus on top of a griffin for what you just said. Nice. Damn. Great minds think alike. <laughs> They're awesome. They really are awesome creatures, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I tend to like creatures, like the Kraken. The Kraken? Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. And um, damn, what else? I like, like, like the- yeah, Callie. I think she's awesome. Um, then like Medusa too. Wasn't she like the victim? Like everybody portrays her as a bad guy, but she was actually like a victim, like defending himself herself. Yeah, from Poseidon. Um, yeah, I allegedly, you know, it was Poseidon and Medusa who created Chrysor the Pegasus. And I should have wrote about that, but my sequel is going to be a derivative of Celtic and Greek mythology. Nice. Yeah, because this um, Sage is part one of a four-part series, right? Yeah, um, the only... Yes, exactly. And I write fast, so I know that the next book is just going to fly out because once you have the prologue and you have the first two chapters and you have the outline for each of the following chapters, it just flies. Um, Because all I have to do is think of it as like a writing prompt and and throw it out. Like I could do a chapter in a couple days. So I wrote the first chapter in the prologue on a ferry heading from like Nantucket to Hyannis. I wrote it in a notebook and it was really messy and it was really fast and I had to voice to text it and email it to myself. So it needs some, (laughs) (laughs) it needs some cleaning up, but, um, it, it is a pretty wonderful rough draft. The only issue is, is I'm stationing it in Ireland and my intention before the stupid, (laughs) before the stupid (laughs) pandemic was to go to Ireland and Oh fuck. You can't write about a place. I got a passport just to do it you know i've been to antica and things like that and you didn't really need a passport at that time but i got a passport specifically so i could go to ireland for a couple of weeks and know what it smells like tastes like feels like because when i wrote sage i put her in new england and i love the smells and the taste and the colors and the aesthetics in new england so much that i was thinking you know how can I create a book based in Ireland without experiencing at least those things? Man, I always wanted to visit Ireland. It looks so beautiful. All the green. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I bet it smells like that soap, Irish Spring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, though, it, it does seem mystical, though, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. And um, even their mythology and uh, folklore and stuff, I always found that interesting, too. Like... um they believe in like little elves and stuff right you know like besides leprechauns no i mean it's it's very lord of the rings over there to some people yes <laughs> for real you, huh? you know and i think ireland i read i'm reading i have a stack of books i call them my you know my stack of cakes like pancakes i keep them in my <laughs> bag <laughs> And I go back and forth with them. Um, I have a few fictions that my friends wrote that are epic and I need to get to them. But one of them is Irish occult and mythology. 
I'm sorry, Irish occult and um, witchcraft. But Irish was awesome. It is an awesome book. And because I'm learning, I want to learn about every aspect of it. Now, I, was, I know plenty of Irish Catholics at this point. I've done the New Testament a few times. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was raised Irish Catholic. My grandpa Kelly comes from Ireland and he made sure that I made it to my first communion. I did get out, thrown out of church a lot. <laughs> and I, Being a and rebel. I, <laughs> yes, I, I was against the system and I thought that was part of it. You know, I, I really still, do, I do not disagree with my childhood self. I just know how to do it better now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's but, good to have different points of views and uh, explore and question more, you know? Absolutely. And in fact, I don't have a problem with any religion. I just have a problem when religion doesn't condone asking questions and, and you know, forces mm -hmm. you to forces you to be one-sided or you're not one of them. Yep. It's That's like, that. don't question, just obey. It's like, no, nah, doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound right at all. It's like, okay, if, if you're trying to enlighten me, then you should be telling me to question as much as possible. There's no, there's no enlightening anybody without getting, without being curious, without, without questioning things. So I think anyone that tells you to just believe things one way and memorize them, <clears throat> the academic system, and then, mm -hmm. you know, and then church where they're like, this is the only way or you're going to hell or you, even if they don't tell you you're going to hell, which I have been told by two Christian churches, one Catholic church and a Baptist church that I was going to hell. Yep, I've been for, told for asking too. questions. Huh? You too? And like, you know, like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to bash on Christians, but I've been told like, you know, you're going to go to hell and and they'll be like, they'll try and like flip it around but like, I'll pray for you and I'm like, really? Like you're trying to offend me and now you're going to like, I don't know, patronize me kind of, you know? <laughs> I I actually do pray for people and tell them you know when they piss me off that i'm gonna pray for them because it's it's better than the the alternative like i am at actually at a point in my life where i'm like you know what peace is so valuable to me right now nice i i just i just tell them like hey i'll see you in hell because you're gonna sin too <laughs> <laughs> i get called a witch an awful lot you know <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh I know we're going off topic. Um, I, I know we're going off for a long time. I'll make it quick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of Christian people, like pagans, they'll call them devil worshipers, right? Because they um, worship different gods and stuff. And I and I, tell, I, I love telling Christians, I'm like, you know, Christmas was a pagan holiday adopted by Christianity. And so was Easter, right? Like the, yep. the, the god of reproduction. Um, the pagans worshipped her in springtime, you know, because that's baby making time. And that's mm -hmm. why reproduction represented rabbits and eggs. But Christianity adopted it to get more pagans to join Christianity. That's why, mm -hmm. like, what does God coming or Jesus coming back have to do with, hey, let's go hide the eggs? Well, it's because it's a pagan holiday. So when people like Christians call people devil worshipers because they have other beliefs it's like yo do you even understand your own beliefs like <laughs> you know what's sad though is i think like jesus as you know like the personification of what he like embodies the forgiveness the acceptance all of that amazing 
stuff right and I think he's absolutely the best I think he's awesome <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, it's but when I'm reading like the New Testament and you know the misogyny from the beginning till the end I, I have a very hard time with that I have I have an incredibly hard time with the male bias overtones and I was like you know this seems a little sexist especially the King James version I felt very offended by it <laughs> big time <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I read, I was like, what was going on during that time? And the, it was true. They thought less of women during the time they were like retranslating it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they put all that very conspicuous male bias crap in there, like the game telephone. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, you know what? Forget it. I love all of you guys. I love this part about Christianity. I love Buddhism and you're not going to make me, I'm an eclectic spiritualist. I was an agnostic. And then in 2004, I was like, you know, I, lo- I actually do love a lot of religions. I love parts of them, the sacred heart. I like certain aspects. I love Catholic rituals. I think they're beautiful. Like when they, you know, use the chalice and when they sing in Latin, I love that spectacle so much. I used to go to church with my mom when I was little. And I mean, once in a great while, I still do, even though she's like, you don't believe in that. Why are you going with me? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you want me to go with you, right? Well, so I'm going to go. But It's a free like, opera concert. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, everybody knows where to read, what to read. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, where is she reading that from? <laughs> I, can, I can actually do that from beginning until end. <laughs> Really? You know, I do. It, it's funny too because, like, you know, when you when people are at home and they're like doing the uh, father, they don't do the and peace be with you and also with you. <laughs> you know, like this. <laughs> now let us lift up our hearts. That doesn't happen at home. It only happens in church. <laughs> <laughs> For real, huh? <laughs> it's true. I actually, um, my favorite church in the world is a Catholic church um, in Worcester. And ironically, there was a rapper in there recently. <laughs> recently. <laughs> that caused all kinds of havoc. I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty liberal church. They're very accepting. They're Catholic, but they're really Christian-like. You know, the kind that is supposed to be accepting and forgiving and all of that. Turned the other cheek. Yes, the reverend there. He actually does practice Catholicism and Christianity to to me the way that it's supposed to be done. But I. I'm not putting Christianity down. I'm not because some of the best people I know were inspired by Jesus. And I think Jesus is great, but church is, has not really been for me. And that's, mm-hmm. I got through, I did get thrown out of that church twice. <laughs> Once during mass, because I was like singing my own song. <laughs> and, my, and, and then the lady in front of us was like, told my older sister, she's like, will you tell her to shut up? And then she turned around and sent something else nasty, and my sister screamed at her, and then I screamed at her, and my sister and I, we got thrown out of church um, during Mass, because I was singing to my own tune, literally, at that time. So you're supposed to repeat what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is pretty harmonic. I wrote some poetry. I'm going to sing that shit during Mass. <laughs> That's really what I actually did, too. Um, so I got in trouble for that, and then... I was in catechism. Yeah, you're familiar with that, what that is, right? Yep. I, w- I was in that for a little bit. I never finished, but. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I got my first communion and that was as far as I went. 
and you oh my my first communion pictures are funny as hell <laughs> i look so uncomfortable i'm like cringing my knees are like leaning away from the priest <laughs> i have this like look on my face like i did something wrong it's hysterical so you're like get me out of here <laughs> yeah it was like oh my god this fucking not the one that actually is there now but they i think most I, i'm a little creeped out by some priests i guess whatever so conspiracy theorist you have to also remember my sisters were like older so i knew all about that whole molestation things and all that mm-hmm. stuff going on yeah and it's, so. it's very real i mean it's some crazy shit so like during catechism class <clears throat> excuse me i'm sorry about that i asked if um adam and eve was like a metaphor for adam's evolving you know and that Damn. was black that was blasphemous apparently and just then for I got having into- deep thoughts <laughs> that's a legit <laughs> question yo that's wow i mean have you ever thought about that we all evolved from i mean think about that so i was like adam eve adam's evolving i was in school at the time i loved science and God forbid I brought science to church with me, you know. <laughs> and I got into a really, really heavy-handed debate with my um, catechism teacher slash nun, because science—you have to prove your hypothesis with with things. You, it's not mm-hmm. something that you. And so I really like science because I figured I could trust it a little bit more. I knew that theories were malleable. You know what I mean, like. Because clearly, without like Edison, you wouldn't have Tesla, and you know, without Tesla, you wouldn't have, you know, where where we are now. There's you know, Jack Hay, all kinds of them. But the point is, is like, you can't <clears throat> without the platform of something. You have a evolve. you have a very good point there. Um, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. My bad. But like with you do agree though, right? Like when you're debating science, that you have to have proof. That's what I was gonna say about science. Um, you know, like you can't just say, "Oh well," you just have to believe. It's like no, it's either true or not true, and science is trying to figure that out. You know, that's why mm-hmm. they do multiple tests, and you try and not be biased about it. You know. You can't do a test and be like, oh, I already think I know what the results are. No, you have to just do it and just see the results for themselves. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that, like, that's why I like alchemy so much because alchemy is like a little bit of philosophy, spirituality, and science all integrated. Wow. I'm not too familiar with alchemy, but I always found it interesting because I've seen it all my life in like video games. Like I just see, you know, like you put a fire element on a sword or I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's what I think of alchemy, but I'm not too familiar with it. You know, what's really cool about it is, you know, I think like me, I was kind of like you for a very long time and I did a lot of alchemy type of things, but I was unaware that that's what I was doing. You like you you're innately like attracted to certain things. Like I like mixing chemicals together and I like proving theories and I love quotes and philosophers and you know, I'm very spiritual and you know, not very religious. So there was just a like a lot of things that I was doing. And as I progressively got older, I met this amazing man named Tom and he says, Do you know who Manly P. Hall is? 
And I'm like, no, I have no idea. He's like, I swear to God, you write what he says on my Facebook post and my MySpace post at, at that time. <laughs> um, I would write very similar things to what he would say. And so he took the complete teachings of Manly Hall and he highlighted the things that were like similar. He printed certain pages and he highlighted certain things I said and gave it to me as a gift. And I went on to YouTube and I was blessed to find out that he actually does lectures. And so I started listening to his lectures and I could not believe that some of the things that I got in trouble for in church and some of the things that I got in trouble for in school were being represented by this philosopher who can talk for an hour with a thesaurus of information in his mind and be able to very clearly describe things that on an eclectic level that I've never heard ever. And yes, it would be true that we like do have the same mentality. And for sure, there's things I thought I, I had come up with myself and found out that I hadn't. I'm like, I'm like, Hermes and Thoth, they're the same thing. I oh, bet nobody yeah. knows. I'm like, I'm like, no, I bet nobody knows that. And nope, <laughs> Manly Hall says it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> but that means so, you're smart, you know, you're able to piece it together. He pieces things together in ways that I could only dream of. I'm like, I listen to, like I said, I listen to like a lot of lectures and, and TED Talks. I even listen to Stephen King talk sometimes. And Manly P. Hall just he slaughters everybody. Wow, I'm gonna have to look this guy up. He's an old man, but I like listening to old people speak. It's like one of my favorite things to do. So it doesn't it doesn't oh, yeah. bother me that he's old and raspy. If you can get past the old and raspy part and listen to the content, he's he's undefeatable. as i'm getting older i learned uh listen to them old folks they a lot of them have a lot of knowledge and they they want to give you that knowledge you know um there's a lot of smart old people and if you take the time to listen to them you'll learn something you know how true that is i when i was 16 i had a job after school 15 and 16 after i got fired from the laundromat for things i'm not going to mention um, I worked at a little restaurant called Shoney's, which is a retirement restaurant. And Florida is a retirement state in general. And But this restaurant was like placed in the middle of like a trailer park where like all of the retired people were. They mm. had like the Red Hat Lady Club, you know, it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was serious like retirees there. And I loved talking to those old people. It, school was so bland in comparison to like speaking one-on-one to somebody who had become an expert in whatever it is that they did until they retired. Yep. Hmm? Very smart old people. Yeah. They think about it though. If they were successful for 50 years of marriage, then you want to be like, well, how'd you do that? Or if they were teaching like, you know, like school, if they were history teachers or if they were retired lawyers or, whatever, they had a wealth of knowledge that, you know, would bore most people, but not me. I was like, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> tell me all. And, and they want to tell you, you know, because they probably don't have a lot of people to tell to, you know. Yes. And then they treated me like their granddaughter, which was also awesome. I had like 100 grandparents at that time. 
<laughs> Did they give you those little candies? They're strawberries with the little strawberry wrapper. <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But my, <laughs> but my grandma Sally definitely had those things. <laughs> my, but my, my, my buddy's grandma when she was alive, we're in high school. I'd go to to his house every day. She would always give me those candies, and I'm like, where the fuck does she get these candies from? I never see them at the store. Like. <laughs> No, what? You're right. I don't think I've ever seen them at the store before. <laughs> You're talking about those little metallic strawberry things, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. I know. They they look a little bit like cough. I have no idea where to get those things. <laughs> but they always have them. Like, is there like a retirement candy store or something? I mean, I know you could probably get them on eBay or Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually buy candy and tea and stuff like that on Amazon. For real? Yeah, because you know what? You can type precisely what the hell you want. I thought about getting a five-pound gummy bear from Amazon just to take it out and go shoot it. <laughs> Actually, that is a... I got a, um, one of those gummy rats once. Damn! <laughs> you know I'm, how they have, like, gummy snakes and they have, like, gummy rats? I got a big... That would be awesome to blow up. Like, put an explosive on the inside of it. <laughs> yeah, some tannerite. Yeah, instead of shooting it, you know, where it goes, it, it goes through. I think what you should instead do is put like a, a little explosive on the inside and record it. You could even do it on Snapchat and then put it on slow motion. I think I'm going to do it. Right? <laughs> Dude, things blowing up in slow motion look awesome. Hey, for real, why is that so mesmerizing? Like that and just fire. I was just going <laughs> to say that. Actually, it's funny because, um, you know, in my garage, I have a nebula that plays against the wall, and that is actually something that you would probably like. Damn. You know those space nebulas? Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took a white sheet and white mannequin faces, and I aimed the nebula towards it. So it looks very trippy, actually. Damn. I love that kind of stuff. Or how you had the brains on the wall. That was fucking badass, too. <laughs> I was like... Damn. <laughs> Brains I and beauty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was recycling makeup that would have otherwise been thrown away and um, fake blood <laughs> and, <laughs> and a and toothpick sword and um, a fake brain and some paint. Yeah, no, you're right. It, is, it does kind of look weird, but I like the concept of like beauty and brains and, you know, sex and violence because of the fact that those things are so often affiliated with each other. Yeah, it also gave me like a love and death kind of vibe too. Yes, yeah, like the yin and yang. Yep. Mm-hmm, for sure. That I know it, that's what I do is like if I make a collage, I try to, you know, oh my, there's the metaphors. Even when I do collages, I throw like innuendos and metaphors in there. You see, I'm addicted to those things. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you do very well at it, especially writing. I mean... So everybody listening right now, check out her new book, Sage. You will not be disappointed. Your mind will be blown. All right. If you love this kind of, just the conversations we've had, if you, if you like this stuff, you'll love this book. And so it's available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, soon to be on Kindle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also uh, check out roguepoet.com. Did I get it right? Oh, no, it's roguepoet.net. .net, my bad. Roguepoet.net. Mm -hmm. 
check it out right now and don't forget to leave a review on amazon all right just go ahead and smash that five stars because you're gonna love it yeah that thanks man <laughs> and um <laughs> hey thank you again for coming back on i mean great conversations with you and i mean we could go on forever i mean yeah i feel like that too <laughs> this was a lot of fun again like i really did enjoy both times so like thank you so much yep and thank you for coming by and you know like i said you're always welcome back all right maybe we can uh we can pick a really abstract topic next time so we don't like let our add traverse all <laughs> All over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to cover a lot in this this period of time so that way we can you know and i think we did yeah yep i agree and i love how all that you know it kind of goes into the book too you know because you know all the, the philosophy and the mythology all that's in the book too and you you know i think we explained some of that mm -hmm. yeah it's it's not very heavy you know at first it's kind of like wading into the water and then it just gets deeper and deeper so i feel like by the end and i hope it's not true that you know i don't lose anybody you know once you, once they swim to the deeper side of the book as long as they get past that explicit scene right <laughs> <laughs> as long as they get past the all seeing eyes <laughs> cool oh, that, Oh, oh, that's another symbol on the cover, too. Did you notice that? The Eye of Horus. Oh, shit. I didn't notice that. Wow, mm -hmm. I, I love all those little Easter eggs in there. <laughs> what? You know, like the, the little hidden symbols in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I get it. Like when you go on Easter egg hunts, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just hide it in there in plain sight. Hey, do you know what I did one year? I painted eggs that were not boiled and put them outside. That, that was funny as hell when people were cracking them open. <laughs> Only one year. I, I thought about it four years, <laughs> and I finally did it. Anyway, it was really nice to talk to you. I'm going to try that. Start an egg fight. <laughs> oh, we forgot to talk about the pillow fight, but that's okay. We can, we can do that like a different time. Okay. Okay. I totally forgot about the pillow fight. Man, we forgot about the pillow fight. <laughs> we did, but uh, we'll definitely have to talk about that. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely come up with something. Uh, even just a, uh, you know, mythology, Greek mythology, Egyptian, all that stuff. Or yeah, love it. <laughs> I would love to talk about my tribe because um, these guys not only do they know about a lot of these things, but they're damn awesome. Yeah, maybe you could have them on too. You know what I mean? Bring them along and. Maybe we'll do well, the tribe, like and if anyone's like interested in knowing who the tribe members are, they're on roguepoet.net too. Very Just, interesting individuals. Yep, yeah, they're awesome. Every one of them. So anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you again for coming back on, and uh, you have a good night. You too, man. Later. everyone thanks for tuning in and if you'd like to support this podcast you can find me at anchor.fm slash screaming chewy gmail com 
There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos for episodes, and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.